I'm Casey Morgan and this is Training for Trail. I want to introduce you to today's guest, Steve Phoebe. Now, Steve is a guy I've worked with for a while and in this current situation with races cancelled everywhere, it's safe to say we've had to adapt and some people have adapted better than others and Steve has adapted and actually has really flourished in this situation. His goal for this year was the Lakeland Hunt 100, which was supposed to take place this coming weekend. Um, and he wasn't going to allow the cancellation to get in the way of his plans. So starting on Sunday night, this coming Sunday, he's going to run 100 miles alone. Um, so he has a really interesting story. I really enjoyed speaking to him about it. And I hope you enjoy hearing his story too. It gives me great pleasure to welcome the one and only Steve Phoebe. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Steve, just before we jump into the interview, could you just give people watching just a, a brief intro about who you are and you, your running history, etc.? Uh, well, I don't have a big, big history. I didn't really start running uh, or getting into anything like this until my mid-40s. Uh, a crisis. I, uh, <laughs> it was like that. Uh, I had a bit of... Uh, just moved to Hong Kong. I just recently stopped smoking and uh, I went out with a few mates and went on a, a short hike, which was only like 10K. And there's a short staircase of only like... I think it was only like 100 metres of climbing. And uh, it took me four stops... I just got four times to get up there and my okay. heart was like going through and uh, I saw everyone else at the top and I was just so embarrassed and I just thought, right, I've got to sort myself out here. You know, it was a, uh, a real wake up for you. This beat me. It is a wake up call basically to get my fitness sorted out. Uh, so uh, I went from there and basically I started on the hiking. I went through that route because I was never really a sporty person that, football or any other swimming or anything else. Uh, I do remember doing some cross-country uh, running when I was at school back in the 80s and uh, I was okay at it. I did kind of enjoy it but I never really took it up uh, from there. And then basically from there, from the hiking, I just thought, well, you know, I've done a few easy ones now. What's a moderate one like? And then what's a hard one? I'm basically just trying to push the envelope. Okay, you know, I've done 20K. Can I do 25? And can I do 1,000 meters of climbing? And can I do 1,200? And it just went from there. And then I saw these people who are actually running on the trails, which I thought, ah, oh, they must be completely bonkers. Uh, <laughs> I'm just right. doing that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> completely bonkers, <laughs> running up, running up hills and stuff like that. And uh, I thought, wow, how would you get to that sort of point? You know, how, what superpowers do you have to do this sort of thing? And it went from there. Uh, I started a little bit of running downhill with a couple of friends who were also uh, just little part-time trail runners. And then uh, someone says, oh, you should sign up to this event called Moon Trek. Uh, so that was it. That was my first event I signed up for, Moon Trekker, and I did the short 30k one. Uh, did a bit of training, and uh, I do remember climbing up the. They have a mountain right at the end, a 900 meter peak. Okay. And uh, nice they have something called the wisdom steps going up, and I just remember cramping on the way up there, and uh, you know, moaning and swearing, and uh, but like everyone else who I was with in that group, <laughs> that part of the race at that time, everyone was doing the same thing, moaning, complaining, and getting on with it. And then after that. Uh, 
I, I got kind of I got a buzz when I got to the finish line and I thought, whoa, that's an achievement, you know. Uh, and then it went on from there. I went on to smaller other races, like doing uh, short, you know, 25K, 30K events. And uh, I just kind of got a buzz and I did like the idea of, uh, you know, being sore after a race you know you have that feeling where uh, your legs are stiffened up and you're yeah. there on the sofa with a beer all happy and then next morning <laughs> you're still complaining because you, you hobble down the stairs and stuff uh, and then from that I just thought well you know I've heard of Oxfam Trail Walk that's 100k you know can I do that you know can I do a 50k which was the Translanto and I just got more curious about it so I started investing in you know more shoes more gear and hanging out with some people who did tend to focus on this a bit more and I just got the bug basically uh, I did a, I did a 50k and I thought right I've got to go for a hundred next uh, did the 100k which was uh, I think it was moonwalker about three years ago three four years ago which I finished in just over 27 hours uh, could have been quicker but one of the guys because it's a team event it's four people so I'm one of the guys uh, I think he got sunstroke because he refused to wear a hat or a t-shirt and it's like 30 <laughs> degrees sunshine you know all day so by the time the evening came he was throwing up and uh, we just had to get him to a medical tent and pull him out uh, but we, we stuck together uh, from there I did a couple more 100 Ks and then uh, it just basically developed from there and then I saw this one uh, uh, I wanted to do one in the UK somewhere where the environment was uh, I don't know a bit more different than Hong Kong which you know is steamy it's humid even in the winter time uh, where they have most of the races it can get still get hot in the day you know if the sun's out it can still get up to 30, degree, 30 degrees and you can get fried so uh, I just wanted to be in a, another sort of environment where it's totally different, maybe a bit wetter, cooler. Uh, I, my first race in the UK was the Kielder Winter 10, which is a 10 okay. miler around the Kielder Forest. Very nice. Uh, up by the Scottish border. Yeah. And uh, it was minus five. <laughs> a bit of a change <laughs> for a, you. <laughs> yeah. And I had a brand new pair of uh, speed coats I just got uh, for Christmas, which I thought, oh, great, try them out. Obviously, uh, for the environment with the ice and the uh, yeah. half-frozen mud, slushy mud, they weren't great shoes. No, terrible. But I did uh, but I did it, and I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, it's like you go a little bit higher in elevation and there was snow you go down there's no snow there's only one checkpoint where they're giving out cups of tea <laughs> to warm up <laughs> very civilised uh, yeah but uh, really really loved it so I started on the plane back I think I can't remember it was then I looked at another race in the UK where I saw it on TV which was the, the Lakeland one Okay. And I read about it in the book. And uh, I know you get no UTMB points and there's no ITRA rankings or anything from this, but uh, it just seemed to be, it came across to me as the premier sort of uh, trail race in the UK, and especially with the large dropout. They have a, a 50, 60% uh, dropout, DNF rate. It's a big dropout, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I was in Heathrow, I was in Terminal 5 in the airport lounge, and I saw on SI entries they had charity spots left, so I just thought, right, go for it. And then I saw in the 100, if you haven't done uh, a similar type of race under a certain amount of time, you can't go for the 100, you have to do the 50. So I thought, okay, I'd, so I went for the 50 miler. 
and uh, I signed up for it and then literally got on the plane, flew back to Hong Kong, took the dog out for a walk and got bit by a snake. I don't know if you remember that, but I do, snake I do on the foot. Yeah. <laughs> and I had Moon Trekker coming up, I had uh, the Translantel 70 coming up and I was like, what's going to happen? Because it bit me right on my foot and my foot went like a football. Uh, was it a venomous snake, snake, Steve? Yeah, it was a bamboo pit viper. So it's a uh, hemotoxin. So it basically damages the tissue okay. around it. And uh, the venom got to just below my knee. Uh, if it came up any higher, it would have been danger to my organs. Uh, but it, it was nasty. I was in hospital for three days. Uh but I pushed myself and I did a half marathon within six days. So wow. uh, I did <laughs> quite uh, a recovery. <laughs> yeah. But even my moon tracker, which was three weeks later, my foot was still swollen uh, a little bit. You know, the shoelaces, I couldn't tie up properly all the way like I used to. So, uh, but I did knock off three hours off my moon tracker time. So it had a bit of positive. <laughs> Maybe there's so, something in that venom, Steve. Yes. Yes. So yeah, it went from there. And then, uh, I just did more races, building up towards a Lakeland, and uh, that's the one I was really concentrating on uh, more than anything for that season, to qualify, get it under the 16 hours so I could qualify for the 100 miler the following year. And uh, yeah, uh, there's a couple of other friends that are interested about uh, the Lakeland and who are up for it. Uh, Nikki Han, for example, I was explaining to her how the whole race was, how the setup was. And I just have to say, the setup, the uh, the checkpoints, the organisation, absolutely amazing. The presentation uh, beforehand and then afterwards, and the way they include everybody, uh, I was just really, really impressed. And uh, I just loved the event. Uh, doing it uh, <laughs> was another matter. There's some uh, navigation cause... involved with that one as well, isn't there? Yeah, there was navigation involved and there wasn't hardly any markers to follow. Okay. So uh, on the 50 miler, it was kind of, there was that many people. There's, I think there's about 1,600 people doing the 50 miler. So for the first few hours, there's always people in front of you. Uh, So you just basically follow them. I had a... I just followed some people at the, the first bit where it might have been a bit difficult, which was Pooley Bridge, and because of that area I'd never been round before, so I didn't know. But you, you could basically just follow the people that in front of you. It wasn't until the last, I would say, 20k where you had to get your navigation going, where you couldn't rely on other people. And when it got dark, uh, but basically with a GPS phone, uh, I used the OS uh, app, Ordnance Survey Map, and okay. I could overlay the GPX. And with that, uh, I had no problem uh, because I didn't I didn't have a phone signal, but because it, the GPS was still working on the phone, I could quite easily navigate from there. So I had uh, no problem with navigation okay. on that. And did you quite enjoy that side of it? Uh, yes, I do like to uh, have my mind going on other things rather than just zoning out on music. I do like the, the mental aspect where you have to think of upcoming, you know, do I take a right, do I take a left? Something just to engage my mind a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah and I do enjoy that. I've actually, I did a semi-event, semi-official event in Hong Kong, which was basically... On the Hong Kong Trail, which is 50 kilometers long, they have markers every 500 meters, and it goes from one up to uh, 100. 
So I did a little competition with my mates where we started off at the first marker. And I said, okay, the trick is, is to go along the trail. You can take any shortcuts you want. Uh, you just got to end up at marker 100. Uh, you just got to finish there. But you got to take a selfie with every marker that finishes with zero. So basically, you had to get to marker 10, 20, 30, 40. You can go any route you want. So if you know your shortcuts, yeah. uh, you can take those. So it's basically... And it's interesting, uh, I told people about this half an hour before, everyone got their maps out and they're all busy trying to plot their routes, which way to go, they're all in their own little corners. And then when it got to the time uh, of start, it was interesting, the weirdest start I've ever seen. I said, okay, three, two, one, go. And we had people going in five different directions. <laughs> you know, everyone had their own routes planned and they were all going for it, which was great. Uh, it was a bit of an experiment. We had some people that are going downstream. Some people ended up in other people's gardens. I think one group en- ended up on someone's roof with barking dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, was there a big difference in the distances at the finish? Actually, no. There's... Uh, I got there first and I got it down to 32 kilometers, which is like a 46 kilometer trail. So I got it down to 32. I think the one that got it at the shortest, it was about 2K shorter, but finished like four hours behind. Oh. Because of basically going through streams <laughs> over and roofs and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> people's roofs, yeah. <laughs> so it is. It was down to knowing the trail and judging basically what you can get away with. So it was an interesting concept. Uh, that one so yeah navigation I think it's great and I think it's a great skill to have and to practice on as well yeah yeah there's a big debate in England at the moment with the fell running actually as to whether GPS watches should be allowed in fell races and I believe now in some of them they're banned completely Um, you need well you can still use the watch but you're not allowed to have the track uploaded onto it so yeah, because it takes away the element of the map reading and compassing. Well, the, the spine—the spine doesn't allow it either, does it? They—you have to have the handheld GPS units. You can't have a GPS watch okay. on the spine, I believe. But you are uh, allowed so, a separate unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, some people I mean, I prefer the navigation. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah. That that's what really attracted me. Somewhere that's totally unknown. I, I have n- you know different trails. Uh, some totally different from Hong Kong. I don't have wildlife to worry about uh, really. Yeah. You know, like you do here in Hong Kong. Uh, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I actually can't wait to move to the UK full time because there's so many good races over there that are really appealing. Uh, it's a very different scene and that brings us to to this year because the Lakeland was really your your number one target for this year wasn't yes, it the, yeah yeah the Lakeland yeah. 100 so yeah I had a few targets so I was warming up uh I think my first big one was the Hong Kong 100 yeah uh this year uh where I I set a goal of around uh I, I was thinking 20 hours at first, but then I forgot uh, the extra 5K and uh, the extra, I think it was from my other targets, was an extra 1,000 meters of climbing. Uh, big difference. Big, big Yeah, big difference. So I ended up doing it in just a sliver under 22 hours. And uh, I had my running partner, Marge, with me, so we kind of egged each other on. Uh, so And we stuck together through the, the whole uh, 100K. Uh, that was great, and I think 
I think that was it because I was down for Translanta 100 and then that got uh, cancelled. Yeah. Uh, and then everything came, everything came to a stop then. And, and I, then it was basically, what do I do? Yeah, you had a complete like switch and you were very focused on things. Like a lot of people were lost for ideas, but you very quickly adapted. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I wanted to keep training. I'm not sure why. Uh, I was kind of, they didn't cancel Lakeland until quite late. I think it was in April, I think. So I kind of had a hope that it would still go. That Because nobody knew what about this virus, whether it was going to die down by the yeah. summer or not. You know, we were all hoping it would and everything would be back to normal by uh, July, June, July. Obviously it hasn't, it's July now and uh, you know things are taking a turn, you know, not for the best. Uh, so what I did was, I wanted to keep myself fit. 100 miles is still 100 miles over. I think it's, it's uh, 5,500 meters of elevation. So, you know, through the summer, the Hong Kong summer, I still needed to keep training. So I just thought, right, okay, let's just do the odd 50K every now and then. So I think it was about one time every other week I was just popping out a 50K or a 60K. You were doing uh, more than that, Steve. I took some I took some notes here from, from your Strava, for example. Uh, May the 28th, you ran 72k, but two days before, you'd run a marathon. Then the following week, June the 2nd, you ran 78k. Then one week later again, you ran 103k alone in Uh, training. (laughs) So a little bit more than 50k. Yeah, yeah, uh, and in the the Hong Kong summer heat as well. Uh, exactly. So that takes some. Uh, luckily, I mean, yeah, I found uh, a flat route, uh, and the main thing is is hydration, uh, especially with the heat and the humidity, because it's got a feel like factor in the high forties or in the fifties. Uh, and I found a very flat route uh, I could jog along, and there's a vending machine every. Uh, about 500 meters or to a kilometer so i could get really cold drinks uh, and there's plenty of stores as well so the high i could carry very little and yet i don't have to worry about uh, having two liters of fluid or three liters of fluid because i can easily resupply uh like i said every 500 meters to a kilometer which made it a lot easier being light uh and not having to carry so much then the whole virtual race uh, thing came along. Lazarus Lake started, uh, he came up with one, the uh, great race, uh, virtual race across Tennessee, 1,000 mm-hmm. kilometers. You knocked that and, out in about uh, a fortnight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more than that. But, uh, yeah, I, did, I finished it in, uh, I think it was just under five weeks uh, to do 1,000. Uh, okay, 620 odd miles or something. It was it good was. going. And uh, it's still going now. I'm still, because I remember saying to you, I said, will I be able to make it back as well? You know, That's right, out and back. <laughs> go back for my virtual car back at the other end of Tennessee. So uh, yesterday I just passed a 1,000 mile marker. So I'm about, uh, uh, I'm about three quarters of the way back to that uh to get that 2000k so 2000k in uh what how many months now uh it'll be in uh three three and a half months and i've had to move house as well yeah you've been busy <laughs> but yes you're, yeah. you're about to make up for that moving house because this weekend you have a, a big big challenge 
Yes. So now Lakeland uh, 100, have they not going along? They decided to do a virtual race. So uh, yeah, I signed up for it straight away, 100 miles, uh, and it's between Monday the 20th and finishes uh, finishes on Sunday the 26th. So you got the whole week to do 100 miles. So uh, I thought, great, let's do it in one go. Exactly. But I'm going to start. <laughs> but. So I'll get my 100 miler and I'll get it done before I'm 50 years old, which will be the following week. And then, uh, yeah, I just want to get it done. I just want to do it. uh, But obviously, I really, I have to plan this because of the summer heat. I have to carefully plan this. uh, And I've got some support as well. uh, Some great people to help me along. uh, So my main worry is going to be the midday heat. You're going to start on... Sunday at midnight, Hong Kong time. Yeah, one minute past midnight, so I'm within the rules. So uh, so I actually start on the Monday. But okay. I want to get as much night uh, where I'm not under the sun as possible. So you'll get a seven-hour head start on everyone in the UK? Yeah, but there could be people in the US or there could be people in Australia. <laughs> yeah. No, you're within the rules. You're within the rules. Yeah, I'm within the rules. That's so uh, that's what it said. So you so know So tell uh, us about the, the route the, that you've chosen. Well, uh, I'm gonna make it convenient by leaving from my house. Okay. <laughs> so uh, a good start. Nice and con- nice and convenient. And then the route uh, there's gonna be a gentle couple of hills. Uh, along the road, so I'm sticking to the roads. Uh, I'm going to go to a city called Shartin, an area, uh, loop around the Shartin rivers because it's got a nice, great waterfront. Again, it's been my favourite route uh, when I did the 100k uh, a few weeks ago. Plenty of vending machines to resupply, plenty of lights, so I don't really have to. I'll have a torch, but I don't have to wear a head torch constantly. Uh, and then I'm going to go up almost to the Chinese border. Uh, in the northern New Territories. Then I'm going to loop back down, uh, back towards Sha Tin, and then uh, over Taipo Road, which is where all the monkeys hang out. So uh, Monkey Road. They make me run a bit faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They steal things, these monkeys, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially if you've got food, they do like to... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then down into Kowloon, uh, through Mongkok, towards Star Ferry, I'll get the ferry across to Central, where uh, I'll meet my first uh, bit of support. I'll get some food, get some breakfast. Uh, then I go up to Victoria Peak, which is, uh, I think that might be the toughest part of the whole bit, is to climb uh, 500 metres up to Victoria Peak. Then I shall do the first four sections of the Hong Kong Trail, where I come down from there to Happy Valley, to my friend's house, and I'm actually going to, well, there's nothing to say that it's against the rules, but I'm actually going to get changed, have a shower, freshen up, because then I'm going to do a loop with John Ellis around Hong Kong Island. Okay. The, the final, uh, final 65k. Uh, I did warn John Ellis it would be more like a death march rather. <laughs> but he's point. he's happy with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe I can get him to carry my bag. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so, uh, and that's the whole route. So uh, I'm trying to get it to 170K because the the Lakeland 100 is actually 105 miles. So okay. just, uh, you know, uh, could get 105 miles in 
and then uh, hopefully get done uh, in under 24 hours uh, earlier, hopefully, and then uh, just post the results to uh, the guys at Lakeland, and then I, I can uh, have the next six days watching everyone else suffer. <laughs> Very good. Well, it's good to be great to follow. Do you have uh, anybody updating your social media or anything whilst you're doing it, Steve? Uh, I haven't planned it. Usually my wife, uh, uh, she'll uh, put an odd posting on uh, now and then because uh, uh, she'll be tracking me live on Strava. Obviously not the first six, seven hours because it'll be the middle of the night and uh, she has to <laughs> yeah. work the next day. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, probably during the daytime, uh, I'll put a few uh, updates up. Uh, and then uh, I will try and uh, have a a little GoPro camera I might make a little uh, short vlog every 10-15k along the route perfect Uh, depending on my mood (laughs) (laughs) no we want to see the dark side also Steve (laughs) yeah unedited version yeah yeah Yeah, so uh, yeah so that's my plan Uh, just to get it done and uh, have a good time basically well, I'm going to put the links to your social media on the screen and things, Steve, so that people can follow yeah. it. Um, but also, we want you to come back on next week and tell us how successful it was. Yes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Steve, thanks very much for your time, and we wish you the very best for the challenge, and we'll see you next week to hear how smoothly it went. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Steve. Okay.